Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Passive Fantasy on Overdrive. Best fit. This is a rad fantasy books. Bad news and fantasy books. Um, so as Travis mostly remembered the title, this is the Best Fantasy on Overdrive. Uh, my name is Nicholas. This is Travis. Travis and this is Jerry. Uh, so I am not the best person to start with fantasy, so we'll go ahead and start with Jerry for her first fantasy book that is also available on Overdrive. Okay, so I'm really into twisted fairy tales and going into retelling of some of the classic grim fairy tales and stuff like that. So the first one I'm recommending is actually a teen fantasy novel called Belle, which is the retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And what I like about this one is that it's a little bit closer to the original folk t- uh, fairy tale in which Beauty was not exactly absolutely gorgeous, but she was still, it was the heart that counts. So this is my first recommendation, and this is by Cameron Doki, and it's Belle. Seems like if you're calling somebody beauty, that I mean that seems like false advertising to me. But, yeah. You know, whatever. I it, it, it's ironic, but remember, this was created. Uh, the story of Beauty and the Beast was created in the 1700s, where a 16-year-old has to marry a 55 or higher old old dude. So you know. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's not great. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if the 1700s were super huge on irony. <laughs> Picture the <laughs> Beauty. Well, you remember, they're the, also the ones that put lead all over their faces to get a beautiful. So was it mercury? It was either lead, lead or mercury. It was lead. Lead to get that beautiful porcelain right. face. One of the most unironic times. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, speaking of retold fairy tales, uh, my first pick was the Song of Achilles. Uh, by Madeline Miller, and don't worry if you can't see these, it's kind of far away. We're going to have a list of these in the event description as well. Um, so this is a retelling of, of uh, Achilles, actually. It's literally in the title. I don't know how I blanked on that. It's a retelling of kind of Achilles' life, essentially, from boyhood up until he gets killed by Hector in the Trojan War. Does he kill Hector? Mm. He does kill Hector. He kills Hector. Yes. He gets killed by he mortally wounded he, or something. He, yes, what happens from what I remember in my Greek mythology, he kills Hector and drags Hector's body around yes. in a carriage. Yeah. And then I believe it was Paris, Paris which yeah, shot yes. him in the ankles. Yes, which I'm kind of like, how do you get shot in the ankle? But, you know, I'm not Achilles, so whatever. Um, but it's a really good story. It takes... Um, not only things that happen in the Iliad, um, but there's also kind of this rich tradition of, of other Greek tales about Achilles. Um, it takes all those into account and weaves this kind of, this really interesting and, and beautiful life of, of Achilles. Um, the author also wrote another one that just came out uh, called Circe, and it kind of follows the same Greek mythological line, so that's, uh, that's a good, good recommendation if you like this sort of thing as well. Um, we have this available in ebook and audiobook. I have not listened to the audiobook, so I can't speak to that, but the ebook is really good. Awesome. What I love about those books, too, we were just talking about this a little earlier, is how Miller takes gods and magic and all those things and writes about them in such a literary way that it seems very plausible and very real. Which, I mean, I guess you could almost call her, like, it's very similar to the Odyssey in that way. You're True. Just like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. What, for example, when. Um, Gosh, who is Apollo? That's who it is. Um, 
when Apollo brings the plague down on um, on on uh, King Agamemnon's ships, it just kind of seems like a combination of of nature and myth. And Madeline uh, Miller kind of brings that same sort of energy to a, a literary novel. It doesn't doesn't seem super far fetched. It just seems like oh, that's a thing that happens. So kind of well, I don't think it's actually related at all, but kind of related. Going on that. This is, if, if, you, if you want a 12 to 1400 page book. Uh, the audio looks like 40 hours. Oh my gosh. It's 40 so hours. long. That's so 40 hours, long. really? That's it's, it's, like, it's like 36 or 40 hours. It's so long. What it's is it? so long. And it takes out the footnotes. Doesn't I was getting ready to ask. Okay, so this it book does. is written like one of the best parts about, oh sorry, uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clark. One of the best parts of this book is it's story, and then there's like copious amounts of footnotes. Fake footnotes. Yes, yeah, fake footnotes. Right. footnotes. So that's not an audio book. It is though. not. Oh, that's oh, a yes. bummer. I guess it would be probably 140 hours. Yeah, right. Okay. I think they're not in the audiobook. It's been years since I listened okay. to it, so I can't remember. But I'll have to look and see. Possibly it's not. Interesting. Yeah. It, basically, the story is uh, Mr. Norrell is kind of from the old school of magic, and so far as magic has disappeared from England. Um, but he is a not a practical uh, magician. I forget the name of it. Basically, they study magic. Like theoretical magician. Theoretical, yeah. yeah. They basically study magic, but then Jonathan Strange shows up and he's actually a practical magician. He's basically a street wizard. Kind of basically, yeah, yeah. yes. That's also, the, I think that was the alternate title she was working with. Street wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I have fun. I, I'm just thinking like a Chris Angel thing going on. Oh, that's true. It's like a fine freak. <laughs> <laughs> 18th century. I, I, I have to say that Mr. Norrell would definitely. Just his personality in general. For sure. Have y'all seen the show as well? Yes, the show is on Netflix and it's so good. Yeah, great show. I think a great, it took this behemoth of a novel and actually condensed it, I think, in a fairly good way. Mm -hmm. Which, actually, fun fact, this is the cover for yes. the, the uh, media title. Oh my gosh, it's so pixelated though. It is. It's, so it's a good thing you can't see focus it. Don't focus on that. Don't focus on that. It's, but uh, the original cover did not give really any indication. It's just like black with a seagull on it. Yeah. So I was like, I literally was like, is this a sequel to like, what is it? Jonathan Seagull? <laughs> I was like, this is weird, but also it's super long now. Definitely. I highly recommend this book though. It's to me as a classic, it, it, every time I do one of these, I talk about Stephen King, but it's <laughs> right. every time, like a million times. So about Stephen King. For real, it's like Stephen King writes long novels but they don't seem that long this book to me went by in a flash it's just incredibly fascinating it goes through the lives of both mr norrell jonathan strange uh how magic went away and how it's coming back into the world also i think they get abducted by the devil at one point i think so yeah there's like i think that's how the book ends missing fingers also spoilers yes spoilers. Spoiler, spoiler alert um, yeah we could never get through that book this now, one. Not just because of the length, I just thought like it, it takes that great tradition of 19th century literature and makes nothing drag out for like 400 pages. <laughs> That's so true. Right? It's written like a 19th century book, so Definitely. take that for what you have to enjoy like being in this world, kind of. Yes. Because if not, it's going to be a slog. Yes. But I just love that. I think she's a fantastic writer as well. Like super interesting, and I'm a fan of magic, you know, and I think. Um, what is it, the evil fairy who is like, has some nefarious purposes. Uh, the gentleman with thistle down hair. Yes, I, I think it's called Mr. Tumnus. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wrong fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mr. Tubbins turns <laughs> takes fingers away. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, highly recommend the book. There is a sequel-ish, I think it's a companion book, The Ladies of Grace Adieu, I believe. We have it here as well. I'm not sure if it's on Overdrive, but I think it probably is. Um, I know she was working on a sequel, like a full-on sequel. Do it. For it's, this book came out, what, 2012? I believe so. So, who knows? Right. That will ever happen. 2032. Right. Another 2,000-page book. Right. <laughs> Our next century. All right. It's back to me again. And again, I'm going along with my love of Twisted Fairy Tales. Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister by Gregory Maguire. Now, he's pretty famous because he also wrote a book called Wicked and also Lion Among Men. I really like his writing because it's really fast paced. So if you're sitting somewhere waiting for a friend and everything, you can just read a couple of chapters and it will go really quickly. But I have to say I love the twist at the end. So there's a really, really neat twist. Not that's all I'm going to say because you have to read the book to find out. So. Oh, yeah. no, does it take place right after Wicked? It does not. This is actually um, the, Cinder the Cinderella uh, tell retelling of Cinderella through the eyes of one of the stepsisters. And it takes place in like what 17th or 18th century Netherlands, if I remember. Yes, yes. What I've read of it, which is not a time period you get to hear a lot about. So that's yeah, I, I really like it too because the. Uh, the main character, which is one of the stepsisters, she doesn't really want to fall in love with the prince. She's actually more involved with one of the painters, and you know that's kind of beneath her family. But she, she doesn't want to become a noble, uh, nobleman. She, noble woman, excuse me. She just wants to live her life, which is kind of cool. And I like that idea when it comes to the stepsisters that they're not all about money and stuff like that. They actually have more substance than what you know the Disney. Uh, the next book I picked was actually we picked a lot of books that have become like like movies or True. TV. So, one, yeah. uh, so the next book I chose was Lev Grossman's The Magicians. Um, the series actually the TV series actually just ended, uh, and they went way beyond the books. It's kind of like the well the books are over. What do we do now? You know type thing, and then they just kind of went nuts from there. Um, but The Magicians is actually the first in a series of three books, all available on Overdrive. Uh, the first one is The Magicians, the second one is The Magician King, and I think the third one is The Magician's Land. Um, but basically, the, the kind of elevator pitch for it is like, but what if it was Chronicles of Narnia but for adults type thing? Um, is essentially, you know, um, the main character, this uh, Quentin Coldwater, who is incredibly unlikable. Like the whole time, is the worst. Um, the book, the movie, the show actually, book, movie, show. The the show actually does a really good job of kind of portraying him as like this sleazeball where you're like, oh, this guy's not great. Um, but he reads this book series um, when he's a kid called Fillory and Further, which obviously is basically Narnia. Um, but then he finds out that when he goes to do an admittance exam to break Bill's Academy, it's actually basically like a Hogwarts type situation. Um, but what I like in this book is is kind of the stakes get ratcheted up pretty quick. Like they find out Fillory is an actual place. It's in very great danger. Um, and it actually comes partly from uh, the kids that were there during the Second World War, kind of like the, oh, what are the kids in the, oh man, 
I can't really remember. Yeah, those, those kids, those kids that were that were nerdy. So it's basically those those three siblings have kind of caused something bad to happen in Fillory. So Quentin has to find out and what it is and essentially put a stop to it. And that mostly happens in the first book, um, and then it kind of goes goes uh, goes in pretty different directions. Um, thing I liked about, especially about this book, was it essentially makes magic more like chemistry. It's really hard to do, it takes a lot of concentration, and it's not mostly that impressive. Um, and, and it's pretty much all hard, hard work. Um, there is a really weird sequence where he gets turned into a bird for like a long time, which is super boring, and I kind of skipped that. I think a lot of people did it. You know what I hated? Yeah, it was so boring. I hated that part so much. And it's kind of a very surreal book. Like, it's, it's like a dolly painting. It's, you, you don't know what to make of it all the way. Um, but I would definitely recommend at least the first book in the series. Keep going if you're interested. Um, and the TV show, too. The TV show is pretty sweet. We also have that here at the library. Did you read the rest of the series? I did, but it reminds me of reading Harry Potter. I, I kind of blitzed through them, and I was like, oh, that happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think one of the worlds ended, and like, Quentin gets kicked out of out of break bills, and like there's some hedge wizards, which are wizards that don't really have like any formal training. And shockingly, something awful happens when <laughs> people in a loft basically just try to fool around with magic. Um, but uh, one one of the interesting things too is uh, one of Quentin's friends goes fails the test, and they basically just they're supposed to wipe her memory and send her on her way, but she remembers. So kind of that like. I know magic is real, but I can't do magic, and I can't get back in, like, drives her slowly insane, um, which is very interesting. But, uh, yeah, the magicians. Like a lot of the more recent books we're talking about are how magic has kind of went away, and then it's kind of coming back. Right, I, I feel like that might be a thing. Yeah, like, yeah. like the new fantasy. Right. There's no magic in the world thing. anymore. Yeah. Although, I, I guess in the magicians, it never really went away. It just was like, you know. Yeah, yeah. kind of like Hogwarts-ish. Yeah, I mean, bit. except less whimsical. So yeah, much <laughs> so much less whimsical. <laughs> I think the show nails that tone as well. The show. It always seems like it's so not poorly lit, but everything is dark. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen the show Gotham? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like every movie oh, station yeah. there is just so poorly lit. And you're like, put some fluorescent lights in. <laughs> Come on. But it, at least in the ambiance of what is Gotham. Yeah, but yeah. Dark. I mean, but Gotham needs some fluorescent lights, though. Like, yeah. I want to be like, it's a police station is not supposed to be like a medieval castle. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on. I'm trying to fill out this report. I see nothing. <laughs> yeah, where's my lamp? I need all the lamps. <laughs> but yeah, the show definitely captures the I need all the lamps feeling. Um, I also think that I also remember the show being kind of like, it's a hardcore show. It's kind of, it's a, definitely a mature show. I think it's on F, it was on FX. Uh, so if you're if you're not not down with language and uncomfortable situations, uh, not the book or TV show for you, definitely. <laughs> all the lamps. <laughs> it's like the subtitle of this. Right, just all, all the lamps. lamps. Or Stephen King. Or Stephen King. Yeah. It's only Stephen King. So speaking of also like, all the lamps. Stephen King, I feel like Stephen it's all King. Lamps. All the lamps. <laughs> That's our next one. So speaking of uh, kind of a more adult kind of fantasy with lots of violence, language. Etc. Shenanigans. 
The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. Have either of you read this series before? No, it sounds but familiar. it sounds really intriguing. Also, I'm noticing you have five books. I did, but one of them is okay. Which, yeah, is what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also had. I, I was another one I can't prepare for. <laughs> just, just in case. Right. Just in case. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Lines of Black Lamora is uh, basically, uh, there's an ebook and audiobook version on Overdrive. Uh, there's been three released so far in this series. Um, I think it's going to be seven, but I'm not sure if he's like directly said somebody's series. It's, it, I guess it's kind of a good idea to get in now, so you don't have to read seven at once. But ground floor. But then I will we'll forget what happened in this whole series by the time the seventh one's written. It's like so. Brandon Sanderson, you're like, come on, man. Exactly. Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Um, but if you want good characterization, interesting, adventure-packed, uh, basically this whole book is about an elite group of thieves who are involved with a, mm, they're basically trying to take over the underworld of this society, and there's a gray king who has magic and is trying to like do the same. Yeah, basically. It's just a big like battle royale between all these different factions in the city. Um, but really what I really love about this series in general are the characters. Amazing characterizations. Two of my favorite characters ever, Locke and then Gene Tannen, who's like his best friend, but he like, he's a fighter, but he also loves poetry. It's just very, um, very detailed characters, I think. So highly recommend that. So the last book that I recommend is I don't know if I could say if it's an oldie but goodie, but that's I'm, twenty years old. It's twenty, yeah. Oh gosh, that is twenty years old. old. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Though I'm one of those that I have to say, Philosopher's Stone. I am one of those English people. Yeah. Well, the Sorcerer's uh, Stone. Right. Uh, philosophers for me, but I love. I love how she writes. It's. I remember reading it for the first time when I was like 14 and it felt really like a movie was playing in my head. And if you get it on overdrive and if you decide to do the audiobook, the person who reads it is because Jim Dale. Yes, oh, Jim yeah. Dale. Jim Dale is awesome and you don't realize it's just one person doing all the voices. So and fun fact, if you go on Overdrive right now, on uh, the front page we have the Harry Potter always available. I think it's mm -hmm. the book and audiobook in English, Spanish, and like German or French, one of them. That is funny. Which is super cool. Yeah. Um, but also, interestingly, the English audiobooks are narrated by Stephen Fry. Oh. Uh, not Jim Dale. Okay. Yeah, so okay. if you're That's like, cool. if you can track those down, um, they, they have a different narrator. I've heard different things about, about both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I'm, I think I'm literally the only librarian that dislikes Harry Potter. So, uh, so uh, if, if you know, tweet tweet at me if you disagree. Which is many, many people. Uh, I'll leave my email address in the event description so you can tell me how wrong I am. You're gonna get a lot of hate. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm okay with not liking Harry Potter. My wife likes it and tells me I should read it, and I just can't bring myself to do it. It's okay, my boyfriend doesn't like it either, so. See, I'm not the only one. I think I'm the only one that works in a library. <laughs> but, uh, so my last book uh, was actually one that just came out, um, and it's by Veronica Roth. If you know her, you probably know her from the Divergent Trilogy. Um, 
but she's actually written her first adult book, and it's a fantasy novel. It's called Chosen Ones. Um, so it kind of takes the, I guess, it, it almost is like Harry Potter. It takes the, like, what happens to the Chosen One ones, in this case, after you know the evil bank gets vanquished. Oh, um, so it basically starts with um, this evil being. Um, gosh, what do they call it? I think they just call him the Dark One because people are super uninventive. Um, he basically shows up in North America and starts causing all these weather events that just kill a bunch of people, destroy a bunch of towns. Um, and the US government eventually finds out what it is and then recruits a bunch of teenagers um, that may or may not be heirs to this prophecy that, you know, that talk about how they're going to defeat the Dark One. Um, and they're not sure which teenager it is, so they just kind of throw them in a group and they're like, eh, it's one of you guys, so, you know, go nuts on it. Um, they do eventually defeat the Dark One before all this book happens. Um, some of them have adjusted to lives afterward more than, more than others. It's kind of like being famous when you're a kid, you know, what else do you do after that? Um, but the book actually kicks off with a funeral for one of the chosen ones, so it's kind of a time for everyone to get back together and, and uh, find out what everyone's been up to. Um, but they actually find out that this may not have been the end of the Dark One, um, which, dun dun dun, uh, he's got a bigger plan that nobody really knows about. Um, it's supposed to be the first in a new series. Um, so, like Travis said, now might be the time to get it on the ground floor, so you don't have to read all of these. Um, but it is available on Overdrive. Uh, it's a, I haven't finished it yet, but it's, it's a really interesting book. Um, it's definitely a different kind of, it's more, I'd say, almost urban fantasy. Uh, compared to our regular kind of wizards and witches type fantasy. So you've sold me, that sounds super interesting. Right? It's pretty good. Um, and I wouldn't have thought Veronica Roth, like, it's one of those, it, it can be hit or miss the YA authors moving to adult fiction. Like, I think controversial, Stephanie Meyer did a pretty decent job of it, actually. Um, but it doesn't always pan out. All right, so my last choice is the first book in another trilogy. And fun fact about this, this trilogy is the part of another, there are five trilogies. <laughs> so, so far, <laughs> so far in this world that Robin Hobb has created. So I've read two of the trilogies and, okay, well, I'll get into it, but this is called Assassin's Apprentice. It's the first book in the Farseer trilogy by Robin Hobb, and Robin Hobb has written like an insane amount of books. <laughs> so many trilogies. More than his 15? That was five trilogies? I think a trilogy of trilogies? How did that times three? The Turducken of trilogies? <laughs> Tur trilogy Inception? Is that what it is? Yeah, that is. Pick your metaphor. Going down. So if you read one, you have to read the other 15. So, so don't get into it unless you... I mean, it's like reading Wheel of Time. It is, dude, yes. Which I I don't want to read that because I can't get invested in something like that. Also because it's like a 30-year-old series and... Did Brandon Sanderson finish it? Yeah, no, it was uh, Robert Jordan. Oh, Robert Jordan, okay, yeah, got which, you, got you. Also, that's fantasy that old may or may not age super great. Yes, I've heard things about, <laughs> about that. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm not actually recommending this book. <laughs> <laughs> You're recommending that and the adjacent five trilogies. And all the trilogies, yes. Every one. No, I will say, the first two books, two and a half books, are amazing. I recommend, recommended this to one of my friends at Perry, forgetting how the third book, the last half of the third book, 
It's one of the most off the rails, crazy things I've ever read in my entire life. Like, like, like good off the rails? Bad. Oh, yeah. Now I want to read it. So, okay, so there, there's these things called, I think they're called elderlings in this book. Okay. And I'm like, okay, elderlings. There's like pictures of the elderlings. Never described. Apparently the elderlings are dragons. Okay. They just show up. It's very. This is a fantasy that has a magic system called the wit and the will, in which a person with the wit, I think, wit, why can talk like, to animals. Why do I feel like both of those have an H in them? Wait. <laughs> 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 I uh, let me check my notes. Yes, it does actually. Yes, called it. <laughs> and then, like, the will is like magic. It's kind of like the magician. It's like really hard and takes a lot of energy to do magic, which is kind of cool. The wit is just like, yo, an animal. Yeah, which is apparently it's like a very like taboo thing, though, talking to animals. Like, uh, our main character, Fitz Chivalry, is his name. No. Yes. No. Yes. Well, I'm this went off the rails. So good. It didn't just. Uh, it sounds like some teenager's name for his uh, avatar in World of Warcraft. <laughs> no, that's so much worse. <laughs> that's so much. He does go with Fitz. That's like that makes it worse. <laughs> no, because I think his dad is chivalry, but it's not his real name. They just get. Oh, he's God. like a royal, so he gets like. He gets to pick his own stupid name. I think so. Like, the villain of this is named Prince Regal. No. 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 I don't know. This is a big that, that, that sounds like something out of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. He's really, I mean, I guess after writing five trilogies, he's just like, like start drawing whatever. Go for it. Prince King. Sure. <laughs> Come on down. I, is he just now picking out names out of a hat? I think so. Or, Prince, let's see. Royalty Regal. Yeah. But all that aside, it really is a fantastic series. Uh, great characters. Um, they're zombies. Are they called something else? They're called, I think, The Witted? No. Uh, that can't be right. No, The Forged. Okay. Forged. I feel like there's a story there. Yeah. It's better than Nightwalkers from Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, is it now? It's out. We don't know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to give this book a benefit of a doubt right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going with whatever insane things are happening right here. So, some, some, some of these, these things that they describe at the end are dragons. Yes. But, but like, do they do things in the previous two and a half books that you're like, a dragon would never do that? No. He's like, oh my gosh, they're dragons. Right, that's what was so crazy. They go to this thing, and the dragons are like statues. This is from the third book, so. So, spoilers. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. um, so, they go, and it's like, oh, are they describing like dragons here? Huh. And then all of a sudden, all the dragons spring to life, and they go and attack this like town that uh, Fitz Chivalry is from. Okay. I haven't even told you the worst part. It's not appropriate for a library program. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that about this later. But needless to say, there are some mm, uh, taking over of other people's minds. And then this is also something that's not really, well, I guess it's vaguely discussed. Anyway, we probably shouldn't talk about it. It's kind of crazy. crazy. No, you don't want this. Basically, yeah. <laughs> what happens is, you're right. You're this so anyways, Assassin's Apprentice sold it very well, I know, right. um, but it is a great, actually is a really good series, and it's really cool, I think, the idea of tying together multiple trilogies into, like, because, like, the second trilogies are at a different place in this world, so you, like, it's 
tangentially, like very, very, like I think one character's mentioned okay. in the second trilogy, but then I think three, four, and five trilogy are based on these characters as well. Okay, so it's the Game of Thrones model of trilogy. Yeah, you gosh, yeah, that's 100%. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, I have to read that just for the names. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to tell you about Come the story state for the names. <laughs> Yeah, and an ebook and audiobook on overdrive for that as well. I really want to hear the audiobook narration of that yes. so much. <laughs> how, how many times does the reader just crack up and be like, no, that's not good. <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> this, the second trilogy I read, also you get to the last, like half of the third book, and it goes absolutely off the rails again. He can't stick the landing or does it deliberately. I guess. It's like, is this what you were building towards? This is... Absolute insanity in a bad way. It's like playing like Mass Effect games. You're like, it's okay, you went there, but sure. Should you have? Yeah, maybe don't. Probably not. Oh, yeah, good times. Good times. All right, well, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, once again, I will go ahead and place the names of these in, uh, on the event page for this. So uh, you can look at it there. You don't have to listen to our commentary the whole time. Uh, but thank you all. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.